As I said in the introduction, I'm joined today by the blind blogger, Maxwell Ivy, also the Midway Marketplace man. I forget exactly the marketplace, Midway name that he uses and that people call him, so I'm just going to call him the Midway Marketplace man because that's how I remember him. Maxwell and I connected several years ago, actually, and, and to be honest with you, the details of our first connections uh, evade me, but we've recently connected over the past, I would say, year uh, in relation to digital branding and, and branding ourselves online because Maxwell is doing some impressive things, and I had to reach out to him because that's, that's the path that I was starting myself down, and uh, I think we've both grown substantially since we got started, so I'm glad to have Maxwell on this podcast and uh, am excited to share uh, to share what I've learned from Maxwell as well as more importantly, to share what Maxwell has to to allow Maxwell an opportunity to share what he has with you, the listeners. So, Maxwell, I, I am very thankful for join, you joining me, and and I want to start out today's podcast with a deep but powerful question. Answer it as in detail or as little detail as you would like, because I've got follow up questions, and we'll we'll evolve the questions based on your answer to this one. Uh, but but I like to ask this question because it catches people off guard. Maxwell, who are you, and what do you do? That's a complicated question because, as you know, I have two businesses, and that isn't even everything that I'm up to. Those are just the two main businesses. So let me let me break it down this way. I have the Midway Marketplace where people refer to me as Mr. Midway. And there I help people buy, sell, and trade new and used amusement equipment, concessions items, uh, and confections machines worldwide. I offer appraisals. And I have a wealth of links to uh, companies in the amusement industry as well as businesses that supply them. Uh, then I, I have another business, The Blind Blogger, which maybe I should have picked a better name for it, but that's the name people hung on me. So I roll with it. And that's where I offer. I, I help people go after their big goals and dreams in life by helping them define the goal, determine the steps, and keep themselves inspired and motivated along the way until they get to their goal or until they get far enough along on their path that they can manage to walk it by themselves. And then in addition to both of those, I'm one of these people, I'm always open to new opportunities, new challenges, new crazy ideas. Uh, so for example, uh, last year people said they liked my voice and my singing on my podcast. So I've started recording myself uh, singing so far it's acapella. But people like it, and several people have said I need to submit to America's Got Talent or The Voice or something. I, my response is I generally have more more passion than talent, but I appreciate the compliments, and who knows? Maybe someday I will. Um, I, I wrote, uh, wrote and published, self-published a book called Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light of Blind Man's Inspirational Guide to Success. Uh, I lost over two, 350 pounds through gastric surgery. Healthier eating, regular, moderate exercise, prayer, meditation, and the power of positive energy. So to answer your question, it's a very complicated answer. What is that phrase on on, uh, on Facebook under relationship status? It's complicated. <laughs> you know, I love it because every – well, the only one who didn't answer it that way was uh, uh, John or Fluffy, the, the blind hip-hop artist I interviewed yesterday. He didn't say it was complicated, uh, but he, he told us a story. And, and that's a, a typical response that I get is it's complicated. And I like it because it gives 
people like yourself an opportunity to explain whatever details you want to explain about what you do. So I, I do appreciate that, Maxwell, uh, for answering that question. Now, uh, moving on with the blind blogger aspect, I'm really curious about how this makes you feel. Uh, knowing that there are other blind individuals who are bloggers themselves, how do you feel when you introduce yourself or share with uh, other people that you're the blind blogger? It depends on the audience. Uh, when it's people who are, are visually impaired, I'm generally uh, a bit reluctant to uh, to introduce myself as the blind blogger because to start with, I know I'm not the only blind blogger. I'm not the only visually impaired blind blogger. There are lots of business people out there, entrepreneurs, bloggers, podcasters, people more talented and even taking more risks than I do. I just happen to be the first guy to claim the name. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And, I, and I didn't. And I didn't even claim the name on my own. I was, uh, I, as as you pro, as you know, when you uh, interact with sighted people in general, you're the only blind person that they know. So you become the blind person. As I understand it, you're starting to become the blind periscope guy, mm-hmm. and maybe even the blind blab guy. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I was online promoting the Midway Marketplace. I had a blog, uh, was uh, was wanting to get the word out there about the equipment I had for sale and some of the stuff I was doing on online. So I joined some groups on social media, on uh, LinkedIn especially, and the main group was bloggers helping bloggers. And uh, people in these groups on Facebook and LinkedIn started referring to me as the blind blogger because I was the only blind one they knew. And when I needed a website, Several of them said, Max, if you're going to uh, start another another website for your coaching, then why not just see if the blind blogger is available? And I checked, and it was, well, it was, but it wasn't. Uh, .com isn't available because there's a guy who's a, who has it, and there's we can f- tell by his post, he chose the name because he's a blind drunk. Hmm. He's not... He's not visually impaired and drunk. He's a drunk who just drinks to the point that he's a blind drunk. You know, it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, we keep monitoring him because I'm hoping at some point he's going to fail to pay his uh, his registrar fee and I'm going to be able to claim the domain and get it uh, where it belongs. Have you ever considered reaching out to him and asking him if you can either buy the domain from him and or get the domain from him? Well, the the... The couple people that I have asked about doing that have told me, Max, if you reach out to him and let him know that you are that you want it, uh, especially if he finds out that you've already got the other name under under the dot com and dot, mm-hmm. I mean under the dot net dot org, etc., he may make the price a lot higher than if you just stall and see if he'll let it go. True that. True that. Good point. <laughs> awesome. So you did think about that. Well, well, that's that's a inspirational to to know how you came across the name the blind blogger. And uh, can you tell us? Have you first of all have you been blind all your life? Uh, no, I have retinitis pigmentosa or RP. I had perfect vision until I was four. Gradual loss of vision until I was about ten or eleven or twelve. And I had a big drop off of vision. It stayed constant until I was in my late teens, early twenties. And then a gradual loss to the point where it is now, where I where I consider myself totally blind because I have no functional vision. Okay. The doctors will tell you that I have light perception, but to me, if you're doing everything online or in your personal life with with speech or tactile options, then you're totally blind. At least that's my opinion. Hey, I I, I completely agree. I had light perception until I was about 
14 or 15 and then I lost that light perception and and I've just always told everyone I've always been completely blind because I've been blind so it's just, it's just how how I identify myself so completely understand that one now growing up with RP what were some of the challenges you faced well the biggest challenge in my opinion with RP is the fact that you can never really get comfortable with your level of vision. You know that it's going to going to, or it's most likely going to change because they can't even predict that. I mean, yes, in general, you're going to gradually lose your vision until it's all gone. But uh, we know people who have been told that only to live most of their lives with a, with being legally blind and never totally blind. So, uh, for, but the best example I can give people is in my lifetime, I have gone from uh, from reading books that were in regular type print to reading large print books, to using a closed circuit monitor, which is a camera and TV system that enlarges the print and puts it up on a screen for you, to uh, listening to books on, uh, on flexible disc and cassette, to now getting my books on uh, digital downloads. And that's just one aspect of, of things I've done is gone from for, you know, had to make those different different changes. Uh, gone from using a typewriter to using a brailler to now just using a computer. Thank goodness. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you you, you brought. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Rush Miller Foundation. He's out here watching us. Uh, he was chatting a message uh, while you were while you were telling a little bit about what what you've gone through. And uh, he he has a he, blind son which is interesting. And he has a foundation that helps blind individuals get tandem bikes. So I want to give him a quick shout out and uh, thank him for tuning in. And I appreciate you checking Maxwell's story out. So definitely get connected with us on Blab. Uh, yeah, I remember the days waiting on the Blab and Twitter. Both of our IDs are the same on Twitter and Blab, respectively. I remember the, the good old days of waiting for those cassette tapes from NLS to come in the mail. And, and I was listening to a podcast the other day about someone describing this and, it, and they explained it to a T. You'd wait by the door until your mail came. And if the mailman didn't bring you your tapes that day, then maybe you didn't get new books because you already sent your old books back to the library. Now you just jump on Bard and download the books you want. So uh, <laughs> what, what would you say technology for the most part in, in a sentence or two? I mean, expand on it if you want, but Quickly, as a recap, what would you say technology has done to improve your life? Well, for starters, I can even go back farther to cassettes. I can remember trying to listen to flexible discs on a, what amounts to a 33 RPM uh, record player. And you have to remember, I grew up in a family of carnival owners, so a good, a good part of my year was spent in mobile homes and travel trailers. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not something that's cohesive with listening to a disc. At least not a record, you know. <laughs> not talking compact discs, talking back, you know, good, good old-fashioned album records like the, the vinyl LPs. With the needle. On, yeah, with a needle, exactly. So, uh, but, you know, nowadays, uh, me and you have talked about this. I just recently got an iPhone. I know it's, it was in April, and this is November, so that's like nine months, seven months. But it still feels real recent to me, and there are still things I'm just now learning to do. Like, for example, this week. I finally got on Blab, even though I prefer to do things where I have the option to choose between using it on my laptop or on my phone. But I'm on Blab, uh, starting to use my phone for Facebook posts and uh, Twitter and all these other apps that everybody told me would get much easier on my phone than they are on my laptop because the designers are all designing for the smartphones first and the computers and laptops second. So 
that's that's a great thing. Here's an example of something that hasn't happened yet, but it's supposed to happen soon. The airport in San Francisco is putting in a beacon system that will uh, sync up with the Bluetooth on your iPhone that will allow sighted and blind people to navigate the entire airport in San Francisco from their phone, just like they have a GPS. And the reason they're doing it is GPS doesn't work real well indoors. And they say that the sighted people have as much trouble finding their way around as the blind people do. So somebody came up with this idea of using relay beacons indoors, and they're going to try it. They're supposed to be trying it this fall in San Francisco. And if it works, they're talking about installing similar systems in other airports, as well as in shopping malls and in big stores like Walmart, Target, Kmart, places like that. So that's something that hasn't happened yet, but, you know, it's something that they wouldn't have been able to do without the smartphones, the Bluetooth, the GPS, and all this new technology that, in my opinion, the blind are just really starting to benefit from. Right, right. And, and you know, I think it was Tesla the other day announced the fact that they have partial autonomous cars, which is, it's scary and exciting both on, on, on its own levels because, you know, the, there's the whole controversy about autonomous cars and whether or not they're going to be more more safe or less safe to other blind or other sighted drivers and stuff. But you're right. Blind people are able to, to, to engage with technology on an equal basis, which I really like, uh, especially with like Blab and stuff like that. Uh, Rush left a comment here. I want to go ahead and read that to you, Max. It says... I'm afraid of lightning, clowns, and carnies, and you don't seem that scary to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> wanted to throw that out there to you. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I will always consider myself a carny, but my dad raised me to think that there that what you should aspire to is what he called a showman. So, uh, that's that's how I see myself. I see myself as a promoter, somebody who tries to uh, not only not only get myself out there, but get my friends and, and people that I like out there, as, as you probably know, Michael, and some of my other friends online. If I see opportunities for them or if there's a way I can help them, then I'll go out and do that. And I want to thank your friend uh, Rush there that's, been, that's uh, you know came in online with us because uh, I've actually been looking into finding somebody to ride a tandem bike with, um, but I haven't found an option here in the Conroe area. So if if Rush knows somebody that he can reach out to or get me in contact with where I can start doing a tandem bike and work up to next year's MDA 150, I would love to hear about it. So, hey, Definitely, definitely. And uh, Rush actually is following you and I on Twitter now, so that way you guys can go ahead and uh, connect over there on Twitter, which is pretty awesome. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure he wasn't joining. You can always join in, Rush, if you'd like to talk with Maxwell directly, and uh, we can get you approved onto the call. So that way you can ask some questions now, uh, Maxwell. Real quick, uh, another question that I've got that you kind of kind of hinted on is, can you? Because as you know, I'm all about digital marketing. I've I've been real into this whole digital marketing, email autoresponders, uh, social networks, and and all that type of stuff. Can you give people one tip? Well, first of all, let let me go preface this real quick. How is your digital marketing efforts? What would you say your numbers are on Twitter and Facebook, respectively? Uh, are we talking follows or yeah. total traffic? Um, I have uh, 7,000 followers on Twitter, uh, 3,300 to 3,500 friends and connections on Facebook and LinkedIn, respectively. Uh, another 4,700 followers on Pinterest, 
don't know what my following is on Instagram, but it's it's up there because a lot of the people that follow me other places are automatically following me on Instagram because of some of the technology that's out there. Uh, G plus, I'm I'm connected with a lot of people, but not followed by a lot of people. So that's that's one area where I can improve. Um, I don't know what's going on there, Mike. Um, hey, can can you still hear me, Max? Yeah, I can still hear you, but it sounded like it sounded like we were on radio there for a while. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna um, real quick before you finish answering that question, uh, Rush. We'll get you in here here in a minute. Let me go ahead and get these social media questions uh, through with Max, and then I'll bring you on so that way you can talk with them. Okay, but the other thing I want to is I have two mailing lists. I have the mailing list that I've been building on for eight years now with the Midwest Marketplace that has over three thousand uh, email addresses on it worldwide but I could do a lot better with the email list for the blind blogger. It's up to, I think about 87 people. And uh, as you, as you mentioned to me off before we started recording, people are much more hesitant to give up their email addresses and subscribe to a mailing list. But I'm, I'm hoping to improve on that. And uh, I'm, I thought offering the ebook was going to make a big difference, but apparently there are so many people out there offering their ebooks that that's just not getting it. So I'm going to have to come up with something that's that's a new offering, something that is uh, something that only I do, or maybe uh, maybe I'm going to have to go with a video or a series of videos or something. I'm going to have to come up with something different because I'm just not growing my email list for the blind blogger like I should be. Definitely. And we'll share some ideas. Let me bring Rush on real quick. Um, let me see if he still is trying to come on. It does not look like it. Rush, if you want to go ahead and join again, we'll get you on here. But uh, after I bring – there he is. Let me bring him on. And uh, Rush, you should be on. Are you there, Rush? Yeah, man. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm doing great. Actually, I've been following you, Maxwell, for a little while over on Twitter. So – all right. Well, that's good. To I, know, was, I, 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 you know, I was excited to see you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's nice to know that people people look forward to seeing me. <laughs> I sometimes well, wonder I, if they're, if they're going to get tired of hearing what I have to say after a while. So that really feels good. <laughs> nah, that that's great. And I um, so my son lost his vision to brain cancer 15 years ago, and we started our nonprofit to put blind low vision kids on tandem bikes and so we've done that in like 42 states and eight countries and and helped somewhere around 2300 kids ride a bike for the first time we haven't given away 2300 tandems but we've given away a lot to state schools and stuff and um so we're pretty passionate about visual impairment and pretty much anybody with visual impairment work a lot with u.s association of blind athletes and u.s paralympics and um, yeah, and we're really super excited about technology, which is, which is leveling the playing field. But I, I think you made a good point, Maxwell, that a lot of it isn't quite there yet. No, it isn't quite there yet. Um, and, uh, you know, and he, Michael was talking about the, uh, the cars that drive themselves. We're probably still 10 years away from those being commonly used, especially by people who don't have sight, but. If I could find out where to volunteer, I'd be happy to be one of the crazy people to drive one around for a while if they need somebody to do that. You know, well, te- Tesla has invited my son out to their test track in uh, near San Francisco to ride around in it. So we've just got to figure out a time to go out there. You should scope that. 
Oh yeah, that's that's not going to be an opportunity that we're going to miss. <laughs> uh, I, I tried to get a hold of Google to see if we could get into the Google. Um, I was real interested in what you were talking about with San Francisco Airport and that technology. Is that Sendero by any chance? You know, I don't know. It's been several months since I read the article, but it, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you're if you're correct on that because I I tend to remember the story and not so much the names involved. Well, I know yeah. that I know that Blind Square, uh, the the big GPS app for the blind on iOS, uh, they released a blind or a beacon system. I think in Germany, if I remember right, somewhere around there, that does indoor positioning. So it might be them as well. Yeah, and uh, Sendero is out there, though, around the San Francisco area. Mm -hmm. And that Mike May that started it, um, they're in Davis. I just looked them up real quick. They're in Davis. Um, And their whole thing is about mobility and, and that kind of stuff. There's several of those companies. I was at a really good conference in Telluride a couple of years ago. Um, uh, no Barriers. Are you familiar with that group out of Colorado? Eric yeah, Weinmayer. Yeah, Eric Weinmayer's group. He's, he's one of my heroes. I'm on his mailing list and is subscribed to all of his social media stuff. And and so, yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. Well, Eric. Eric, Eric is on the board of my foundation. <laughs> and I uh, raced on his tandem, Full Mountain full suspension mountain bike. I raced across Haiti with a Paralympic cyclist from Canada. Um, so Eric who lives here in Colorado is a really good friend of mine and our family. So, and he, he's worthy of your admiration. He is a super, super nice guy. Yeah. I, I tell people the interesting thing is, is, is I didn't uh, first find out about him climbing or read his book about, about Everest. My first exposure to him was by using the search feature on NLS for uh, books in the in the uh, inspirational personal development areas, and found his his book Adversity Advantage, and ah. read that book and was just blown away by that book, and that led me to read his uh, other book about Everest and to to start following him and reading about his adventures and. You know, some people some people tell, talk to me about uh, taking risks, and I tell them, no, I, you know, I got a blog and I run businesses and stuff, but uh, that guy's out there ra- uh, rafting the river that goes through the Grand Canyon. So, <laughs> uh, well, let, let me tell you what drew me to you, Maxwell, who's being kind of uh, coy. You know, the fact that anybody that runs a, bi- a profitable business, cited, unsighted, in this day and age, hats off to him because making a buck is not easy. And um, then compounding that with a a visual impairment is, you know, it's, it's, I guess prior to my son being blind, you know, the stereotypes that we have, um, you know, it's like Eric Weidmayer says, I'm never going to be a NASCAR driver. Right. Um, But running a business sometimes is like being a NASCAR driver. And I, I just, I'm really drawn to um, anybody with visual impairment. It's obviously because of my son and our nonprofit, but the fact that you're running a, a, that business and I really do like the, the blind blogger. Um, I, I, I guess I'm kind of a fan of yours. <laughs> I guess, well, I guess, I guess when it comes right down around to it, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I was 
stoked when I saw that you were on here tonight. Yeah, well, I, I tell people that I came to my role uh, kicking and streaming, but now that I'm here, I, I accept that what I'm doing does does make a difference, and I'm very happy to be able to 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 inspire other people and to you know to give some hope to some people. And the interesting thing is, I find that I I seem to help more even more sighted people than blind people or family of blind people, which is, which is kind of interesting, but I tell you, I really do appreciate hearing what you, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great thing to your ego. It's the kind of thing when you hear, hear somebody say such great things about you, like you just did, it's, it's the kind of thing you put away in your back pocket. And when you have one of those mornings where you want to pull the covers back over your head, you go, I can't do that. Russ thinks I'm amazing. I got to go back to work. <laughs> right. Well, all my kids' last names are Rush Miller. Uh, my my name is actually Eric. You can call me Rush. I everybody does when I'm on this blab thing. But um, I, I I'll tell you, I get a lot of inquiries because of our our nonprofit, and I got one. And, and a lot of the younger kids, they are really more like you know, you or Eric and really moving forward, it's the adults that seem to be stuck in maybe the 1950s type of blind, um, I don't know, stereotype. I, I had a guy that's been trying to raise money for a tandem bike. Um, he's an adult. And so I called and talked to him. He's been trying for three years and, and isn't changing anything up. And I gave him some suggestions and he, he gave me resistance. Every time I, I, I said, okay, well, maybe you need to change this. Maybe you need to change that. Maybe you need to think of it, um, you know, from a different angle. And just all of this resistance on why he couldn't do it and why it was everybody else's fault. And I've, I've run into that more with a, the older generation um, of, of adults with visual impairment versus the kids. And, and so it was really interesting to hear you saying that you need to change up maybe your website or your tact or uh, you, you, clearly you've got that entrepreneurial blood in you that is really because uh, I've got some other business interests myself. And so I really am drawn to that. And I, again, I think that's why when I found you on Twitter, um, started following you, it, it, you really resonated, resonated with me. Well, I appreciate that, and and one thing that I've noticed, and what you're saying is is really true. It does there is there does seem to be a a generation gap among the visually impaired because just last fall, um, I was invited by the local chapter of the National Federation for the Blind to uh, to come speak to a couple of uh, of teenage or or early college age people at their convention in San Antonio. And they said that they were working on starting a brand new mentoring group because the kids that are in high school and college now are no longer satisfied with being with being vendors or operating food service businesses. They want to start blogs and podcasts or even create brick and mortar businesses. But they have much bigger dreams than the previous generation of blind people had. And so the problem is there just aren't a lot of people who are qualified to mentor to these these kids that are out there right now because the the previous generation just didn't have those kinds of, of, of visions. They uh, were, were locked into a very limited number of options and still carry those around with them. And I think technology like Blab and Periscope and Twitter and, you know, all these social networks uh, really helps with that because it, it 
shows other blind individuals, hey, you know, Maxwell's, I, I won't give your age, you can give it if you want, Max, but he's not a young gentleman, but Maxwell's older and he's out doing this and, and Michael's, I, I'm younger, I'm only 27, so Michael's younger, he's out doing this. I mean, there's other blind individuals that are out doing more than just the, the vendor program and more than just the sit at home and do nothing. Uh, one of the guys who I interviewed last Thursday, Vashon Jones of Fedora Outlier, uh, brought up a good point in regards to the 70 to 75% unemployment number that you hear in the blindness industry. And that is of those 70 to 75% of individuals, how many are actually seeking employment or seeking to create their own employment? That's, That's exactly. a really good point. Yeah, if you go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they don't consider sighted people who aren't looking for work unemployed. They can, they've got them in a whole other category. So that would be the thing that we need to find out is of those 75%, how many of them are actually uh, looking for work? And the other question, and I thought Congress was going to address this before the end of their last term and they didn't get around to it. How many people are out there working at businesses that are working in the black, what I mean is they're generating income, but they're generating it under their under a friend or family member's name because they're not in a position yet to give up their Social Security or their disability yeah. or their Medicare or their Medicaid. My son's right there. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people are working in the black that would work that would could be considered employed or business owners if they could come out and say that they're earning income? And I thought Congress was going to address this. They were really close to passing a bill that would have allowed blind people to set up a special tax-free account and you could keep up to $100,000 into that account. You could use it on, any, you could use it on uh, just about anything as long as you didn't just take the cash out. You could spend it on just about any purpose and it was only taxable when you took it out of the fund and unless you accumulated more than $100,000, you could still receive your disability income. That's a, that would be great. Hey, real quick, um, Aaron Sands came in here, and he is a blind bodybuilder with two young girls. And just from his profile picture, he's kind of a badass. So <laughs> I just want to say hello to Aaron. Aaron, I'm the I'm the only non-blinky here. I have sight, but we uh, my son's blind, and we put um, uh, blind visually impaired kids on bikes, tandem bikes. You know, what's really interesting is Aaron and I actually just connected on Facebook today, I think it was. So glad to see you here, Aaron. And, you know, this is all really interesting for me for one very important reason. Um, I don't know if y'all heard it when I mentioned it earlier, but I had gastric surgery three years ago. I've lost uh, over three, 250 pounds since the surgery, over 350 pounds going back to before the surgery. And I'm at the point where I'm healthy enough that I can take on some other physical activities that wouldn't have been an option before. So I'm trying to find something new. I've looked, um, so I'm looking for possibly a a gym or an exercise partner or some different uh, equipment that I could work with. I live in Conroe, Texas, which is about 45 miles northwest of the center of Houston, Texas. So if anybody watching has some ideas or some connections, somebody they want to... Do you have a tandem bike, Maxwell? No, I don't have one, but uh, I'd be interested. I'd be be willing to get one if if I knew, you know, if I knew for sure I could find somebody around here that uh, where I could actually use the bike. 
Hey, hey guys, uh, Aaron's requesting to come in, so I'm going to go and let him in as well. Uh, you two can go and continue right. your conversation, but I just want to let you know that I'm going to let Aaron in here in a second as well. All right, go for it. So what, what I can do, Maxwell, for you is extend our... Yeah, look, he's a total badass. I told you that. Hey, Aaron. Hey, what's up? Hey, real, real quick, let me finish off with Maxwell. Um, that if you're interested in the ta tandem, I can extend our... Uh, we have deals through... KHS and Cannondale. I can't use our money for you, but I can extend the. It's almost half off the bikes. Well, that's definitely appreciated, then. And and I, and I, I, you know, every year I see these. Uh, I see the the news coverage of the what what we have here in Houston is the M M MS one hundred and fifty, where they take a two day ride from from Houston right. to uh, to uh, Austin, Texas, and I've. I've always had I've always had it in the back of my mind that that would be kind of that would be a cool thing to do, but that's one of the things you'd have to ride every you'd have to ride much farther in a, on a more regular basis than I do on my station. Are, are you near a relatively large metropolitan area? I'm on the I'm on the outside of Houston, but I'm outside of the mass transit hub. Well, there there's bike there's bike either triathlon clubs or bike clubs that you could definitely find a pilot. All right. Well, I definitely have to go on uh, meetup and start looking for a bike club around here then. All right, that sounds good. And if you you you're connected to me on Twitter, um, so feel free to contact me anytime. All right, thank you. All right, now Aaron Sands, blind badass from Nebraska, <laughs> is in the house. What's going on? What's going on? So not much, uh, Aaron. Actually, I'm at church still. I actually just actually uh, got the notification that you guys were on here. I was like, oh, hey, cool. I might want to jump on. <laughs> well, I appreciate you jumping on today, Aaron. And, uh, yeah, it, it, we, as I said, me and Aaron connected today on Facebook. Aaron reached out to me and uh, said, hey, I'm, I'm looking to, to do stuff on YouTube. And Aaron Maxwell is a another guy who's got some stuff up on YouTube, so you two definitely need to connect as well. Uh, both here on Blab and Twitter and Facebook, all over the place. Uh, we can get you. We can make that connection happen. And uh, you know, he's he's got some stuff uh, that he's working on too. So glad to make this connection with uh, a lot of individuals on Blab. And uh, yeah, thank thanks for joining. Well, nice nice meeting you, Aaron. And uh, how long have you been have you, have you been doing the bodybuilding? Uh, actually, right after I lost my eyesight is when I started. Um, so about two years almost. Um, now, are I, you totally blind? No, I have light perception, so that's the reason. That's the reason for the shades. That's about it. Um, I have uh, basically uh, the nerves in my eyes are all jacked up, so all I got is all I get is a little bit of light. All right. Well, you know what, Aaron? I'm going to have to bring you on as an interview for Blab as well. I'm always looking to connect with other blind individuals, and and I think it was Eric. Is that is that what your name is? Yeah. Yeah, Eric, I'm going to have to talk to you as well about either getting you and or your son on so that way we can get those because I don't know if you knew that, but we've, we are recording right now and Maxwell is going to get a copy of this video for his YouTube channel and then I take the audio and I throw it on my podcast, the You're On Pay podcast, which is available on iTunes. And, uh, you know, it's my goal and objective to demolish all excuses by motivating powerful, passionate, blind individual stories. So, hey, can uh, you put the link link to your podcast in the the uh, message section? Yep, I uh, will do that here. You're, you're a great host, by the way. 
thanks. I appreciate hearing that. You know, we we are our worst critics. We don't we don't often believe that we are doing as good of a job as what we are until someone else tells you that. That's for sure. Well, look at Gary Vaynerchuk, and he'll tell you you have to do this and 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 do this, and then do it some more. Yep. Until it, you know you can't stand it anymore. Um, <laughs> so just don't stop. And and all of us will be tweeting out and getting all of our different visually impaired channels uh, to come to, you know, follow each other. And then eventually you have a movement. Exactly. And, and both I want to address Maxwell, what you were saying, and Aaron, uh, I'm going to I haven't gotten it confirmed yet, but I'm going to do it. She doesn't really have a choice. Uh, hopefully she's hearing this and she knows it. But Mel of BlindAlive.com, B-L-I-N-D-A-L-I-V-E.com, has some great independent uh, workout trainings uh, with the blindness in mind, because, you know, with with traditional workout videos, they say, oh, stretch this arm over here and that leg over there and this and that. And Mel does very good at, at having someone who describes those in detail. So that's that's something to also consider as well. There we go. So, Hey, hey, Aaron, is your visual impairment, is that genetic? Will your daughters get it? No, no. Actually, um, I was in the Army, so uh, I actually got injured while I was serving that's all I yeah, you, you've got the um, I'm out of the military beard. <laughs> Definitely. It's no shape November, isn't it? That, you're, you're right. I'm actually in the AeroVac in Wyoming uh, with uh, the Air Guard. So I'm a flight nurse. He froze up. You're frozen, Aaron. Aaron's frozen. We might. So, Michael, yeah, where I'm, are you from? What was that? Where are you from, Michael? West Coast represent. I'm over here in Oregon. Where in Oregon? Pendleton, home of the Roundup. My my girlfriend lives in Bend, oh. and I'll be in Bend at the end of the um, year, and she's actually down in Dallas right now near Salem. Yep, she's I went to school in Monmouth. Yeah, she's uh, a doctor down there. She grew up in Lakeview, then worked out in John Day for a while. I used to go out to John Day all the time. Yeah, awesome. so I may be moving to Oregon in uh, in uh, July of next year. Oh, well, that's that's exciting. Um, wow, small world. We'll definitely have to stay connected on Twitter and uh, you know reach out. Looks like we lost Aaron, but that's fine. Uh, um, he's. It looks like he no he isn't he isn't still on there. Yeah, he, he dropped. Do something other than that egg, man. You need to put a cool picture in there. Yeah, someone mentioned that to me the other day, and I I haven't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> but I need to definitely update that. I don't want to be an egghead anymore, Maxwell. If you didn't know, uh, on both Blab and on Periscope, if you don't add a profile picture, it shows a picture of an egg. Okay, well that's 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 at least better than what it used to be over on um, on uh, on what is it on discuss. If you if people use the discuss plugin for their blog commenting to make sure that you're an actual person, if you don't have a picture there, you you show up as a blue monster. <laughs> 
And well, I don't know if I have a picture on here because I told it to just take all my settings from Twitter, and I've got a good picture on Twitter, so I'm hoping I have it a picture. It is. It's your Twitter picture. Yeah, so I'm okay there because I had a sighted person size it so that it actually – because I when I – you know, if, if you're a blind person and you're uploading photos to these websites, they've all got limits on the dimensions that you can upload. And if you can't see to put your face in that target, you end up with the bottom half of your body and no none of your face in the picture. So, so I basically now I've gotten hip to the idea that you have to have somebody who can who can put it in the crosshairs so that they see your face. Otherwise, they get the wrong idea. And <laughs> the other thing I've learned is you got to be careful when you're submitting pictures because once uh, once before I accidentally clicked a button somewhere that said my picture was uh, adult content and nobody could see my picture at all. Now, now, Max, I think we've talked about you not getting into that adult content anymore. Right. <laughs> That's the carny in you coming out. I told you, carnies. Nah. We never had a girl's <laughs> show, but my grandfather's show did. <laughs> so I've Max, been told. So I've been told, but I've also got I've also got relatives, uh, long distance relatives in the amusement in the amusement business, who can remember back to the point when their show carried a uh, a wrestling act. Uh, Chief Chief Little Wolf uh, was the was the name that the main attraction wrestled under, and he was the grandfather of Joe Miller, a friend of mine who I actually sold one of my first carnival rides for. Um, he lives, his family lives over in Louisiana, but, uh, so, but, uh, my, like I say, I've heard rumors that my grandfather's show at one time had a girl show, but, uh, nobody, nobody's ever admitted to it. Nobody's ever admitted to it or, or, or verbally described the show to you. <laughs> no, there are no posters. In, there are no posters around either. So <laughs> how, how many uh, generations kind of, of your family? We're in this well, business. We're kind of pikers. I've got a cousin who is the fourth generation of our family. My grandfather, Ralph Wagner, started in the 50s. He had uh, three sons and one son-in-law that were in the business. Uh, my uncle Albert now has a carnival that operates out of Aransas Pass, which is near Corpus Christi, Texas. And his son, Jason, and Jason, I think two of Jason's sons, so... I guess you could say five generations for the Wagner family. Um, but, you know, like I said, that's, 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 that's actually not very, not pretty, but that's not, that's pretty good for the U S but I have uh, contacts over in the UK with uh, the Manning family and the Danter family. And those companies can trace their lineage back eight or nine generations back to the days when they operated wow. live animal attractions at court for Kings and Queens of, of Europe. So, and that's now, wild yeah it is i mean it's crazy one of these days i want to get over there so i can meet some of these people because their their history in the business is just you know unbelievable and every once in a while you catch a documentary of some of the just just small bits of their history and it's a two-hour or four-hour show so i mean you know they can trace the they were big in the side shows uh they've been big operating rides and nowadays they're to the point where I told I tell people this quite often because it impresses the heck out of me. They have their own roads. They have trailers that they can take into a muddy location or to a place that doesn't have a good a good way for them to get their rides onto the onto the grounds. 
they can move these trailers onto the onto the ground and unfold them and they in effect have roads so these are people you know they they uh if there's a movie being made in england or the uk where they need carnival rides or amusement park uh something that looks like an amusement park they're going to use the Danters or the Mannings, you know. So it's just some some crazy history. Uh, two years ago, I sold a carousel, a double decker mall carousel, to a family in Australia, the Evans family. They're not they're they didn't buy it to put it in a mall. They bought it to move it. They're actually going to take it from town to town. Uh, ah. you know so. And of course, you know, that's just the difference between the U.S. shows and the Australian European shows. But but yeah, I guess if you count my, I guess they'd be my grand nephews or whatever. The Wagners have been in the business five, five generations now. Wow. That's 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 awesome, because, you know, you 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 see Maxwell out doing what he's doing. But I hadn't even thought about asking him how many how many generations of his family were involved in in the amusement industry. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the on the other side of my family, just want to make a quick mention. My the other side of my family, the Ivies are mostly from South Carolina. Uh, My dad worked uh, worked games on the East Coast and his. His his dad, my grandfather James Vernon Ivy, on the other side of my family, uh, was a work work games uh, was mainly known for what the what they called the lucky strike pitch, where you would pitch dimes at the labels off of the lucky strike patches to try to win a try to win a stuffed animal. Huh. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. So so carnival is in your blood. Yeah, I should say amusement. Amusement is in your blood. Nah, I'm I'm proud of being a carny. I've never had a problem with being a carny. My brothers, uh, one of my brothers once told a prospective girlfriend that he drove for a limo company, so he wouldn't have to tell her he was a carny. <laughs> it's uh, it's all about perspective. I've been in restaurants where other people that I was with who are, who are in the business told me to be quiet because they didn't want the rest of the people in the restaurant knowing they were knowing they were carnies. But me, I've never had a problem with it. Now, you know, it could be because being visually impaired, I'm not as threatening as the other carnies. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, I, on my social media profile, uh, you know, back, back when I was, uh, well, you know, I, uh, I've, I've never been ashamed to put down carnival owner or carny on a social media profile or dating profile or any of that. Of course, that might be why I've yet to find a woman and, and I'm still single. <laughs> Maybe I need to lie a little more. I'm not sure. <laughs> Hey, honesty will bring the bring the right person one of these days. That's that's all I can say. I've I've been lucky to meet the right individual, and and you know blindness not affect that. But I'm also not a carny, so you're right. It could be something that's scaring them away. Maybe they're scared of carnies like uh, Eric is. Yeah, <laughs> lightning know. clowns and carnies. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I last uh, what is it? It's been two months ago now when I did that uh, interview for the New York Magazine. They yeah. asked me a lot of questions about dating and. Um, and I, and I, re- after it was over with, I, re- somebody asked me, they go, Max, how can, how come you didn't say something about filling women up? And I'm like, come on, that's, that's old school blind. We don't do that anymore. And he said, yeah, but if you had said that in the article, women would have started coming up to you in the shopping centers and cause they would have <laughs> want, I'm like, you know, on the one hand, uh, blind people would be mad at me, but on the other hand, you might have a, you might have a point. <laughs> well, hey, do you do you ever um, get the tweets from the Blind Onion? 
No, I don't. I need to look for them. I need well, to look yeah, it's at BL Onion, I think. Yeah. Blind Onion on Twitter. And it's, do you know what the Onion is? Um, yeah, I'm familiar it, with the Onion. I'm a follower of theirs. Been, been yeah. a follower of theirs for a long time now. Oh, my God. Well, the Blind Onion, I mean, you, you clearly have thick skin. Um, he gets some criticism every once in a while. He won't follow anyone because he doesn't want anybody getting in trouble. But he, oh my God, that stuff. I have I have started crying because of some of the crap that he writes. I, I should almost pull it up and, and read some of it to you. Go, I don't I'll know. And, and, and he's never disclosed who he is. I'm assuming it's a him. And it could be Michael. <laughs> No, Michael yeah. may be no, the blind no. I, I would I would disclose if it was me. I'm that type of person. <laughs> uh, Michael's, too, though. Michael's too busy. He doesn't t- he doesn't have time to be the blind onion. <laughs> well, well it, it is it is definitely hilarious and it's all it, it's just like the onion, all satire and sarcasm but it's all from a visual impairment perspective and it is once you start reading it you're going to want to read the whole thing mm-hmm. so hey christopher right. john um there's two two uh new peeps on here um john is from la doesn't say anything else from him hi john and christopher previtt um Love what you do, do what you love. Entrepreneur, technology, music lover, make it a great life. Um, I'm the only guy that can see on this this uh, blab right now. Um, and so welcome. <laughs> yeah, welcome, Christopher and John. Appreciate you checking us out. Yeah, um, so John, I think, is from L.A. Yeah. And C.L. Previtt Ty is from Toledo, Ohio. Hey, I'm going to be in Fort Wayne next weekend uh, or next week for Thanksgiving at my parents' house. So, hey, Eric, it sounds like you're going to be all over the place for the rest of the well, year. Well, I, I actually travel a lot. Um, last year, I, I don't know how many countries I was in. I don't know, six, seven countries. Wow. And this year has been kind of low. I'll, I'll probably ramp it back up next year. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking to travel more myself. Uh, I've got a few a few opportunities to do some, uh, some stuff uh, at live events next year, but I'm – Always looking for more opportunities. So if, if you run across anything you think I would be good for, I'd appreciate it if you mention my name. I, you know, uh, I I have yet to, to do my first talk live, but I think I have a good story, and I think people would enjoy hearing from me. So we'll see. Yeah, it's just about honing that message, and and I'll tell you what, this blab is a great. You know, for a lot of people, this may be the only time they get to um, interact or talk to somebody with a visual impairment. And they realize, oh my God, they're um, like people. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and yeah. naturally, you might not have actually went somewhere physically and did a live uh, uh, presentation, but but why don't you tell the viewers and listeners a little bit about your experience two days ago? Yeah, about a year ago, I was uh, invited by the the president or the founder of the Student Blog Society at Kent University to do a. Uh, a live presentation for them via Skype. And they had quite a few uh, roadblocks of their own before they were able to get their group approved and and be official on campus to the point where they could officially invite me to do it. And we finally got all of our stuff together where Monday uh, we connected via Skype and Mario, who's the president of their society, we had about a 30, 40 minute conversation where 
I was able to answer questions from the members of the society and from, from people that had emailed him about what it, what it is to, to run a blog, to start a blog, uh, to do it as a visually impaired person, the different challenges that I have now. And I've been really impressed by the response I've gotten off of that interview because it's only been about 36 hours. As far as I know, it hasn't been posted anywhere where it can be seen worldwide yet. And I've already gotten like four or five new Twitter followers and a couple of email subscribers and some great comments telling me how, how much people appreciated me doing it to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm now going to be reaching out to more student groups and seeing if I can't get more opportunities like this. Cause it was really cool to be a guy that's 49 years old, just in case Michael was still wondering if I was going to tell people how old I am. <laughs> I'm 49. It was, it's, it's kind of cool. It's really cool to be a guy, you know, 49 going to be 50 next year to get this opportunity to share my experience with some people that are just starting out on their journey. So, you know, it was a really great experience. I enjoyed doing it. And that's another thing I, I was want to agree with you on about this blab because in the, I've only been using blab for a day. I've been involved in a couple of, of conversations on, on shows that, that I found and I've already been followed on Twitter by probably another four or five people. And uh, you're right. This, this is a really interactive format because I do a lot of interviews for podcasts and radio shows. And in the last two years of doing those shows, I've had two occasions where somebody called in to ask a question. And one of those, it turned out the guy was half asleep and his question was to the host and not to me. Well, I, I got to jump in here, Maxwell, and, and tell you, I told you so. <laughs> well, yeah, but Isn't I this always great... take my medicine. I always admit when somebody says that, that that I'm going to be wrong, I always promise to admit when I was wrong. So, yeah, you told me this would be the case, and and it has been. My only concern with Blab is, um, is claiming my real estate, um, generating traffic and income from the Blab. Uh, my only concern is whether there's going to be a long-term benefit from doing it or whether it's going to be something that is entertaining and enjoyable but doesn't have realistic uh, advantage to it. But in the short time I've been using it, I'm starting to realize that I was wrong about that too. <laughs> well, I, 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 think, I, I think it's too early to tell. I think you, you, you made a very good point. And Aaron's back. Aaron the, is up there and um, – and we've retained two other people. Um, so uh, John and Ty have stuck around. But, you know, what you just said, you know, you're claiming your real estate, but what you just did at Kent, um, was that Kent State in Ohio? No, that was uh, Kent University in England. Well, 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 well. That's uh, kind of hoity-toity there, Maxwell. You're <laughs> stepping it up there a little bit. But. But isn't yeah. it interesting that because of technology now, um, we can, you, you can have that impact and what a great forum for it. And, and I think a lot of the, you know, as a sighted person, what I see is a lot of people have these, as my son's trying to get a job, everybody still has this stigma and this stereotype about what the blind and the visually impaired can do. He tried to work at a climbing gym, but all they had him do was this menial task instead of, you know, teaching him some other things. And granted, he's very, um, he's, he's not as outgoing and maybe as assertive as he should be. But I think that that's what this forum does. 
and can help coach kids and coach the next generation on how to go out there and go after the things and, and start a business like you. Now, um, now Eric, yeah. you brought up something, if, I, if you don't mind me jumping in and uh, interrupting. Well, you're, you're that, the host. <laughs> <laughs> that, that inspired me with actually one of my last questions on my list of questions to get to Maxwell for this interview. And that is, Max, can you tell Aaron or Eric and all of our other viewers and listeners a little bit about some of the recent coaching you've started doing? Because that's, that's something that you're, you're taking your passions and sharing them with people who they positively impact. Right, right. Well, uh, I have been, you know, I have uh, helped help some people on an informal basis, and I have some great testimonials on my website. But to this point, I have yet to attract any uh, any paying clients for coaching. So what I decided to do was to offer a group coaching opportunity to people who were willing to take action, and to offer it on a on a free basis. For the first time, everybody's telling me, Max, you can't do it for free. People don't do the work if it's free. they got to pay or else. And I'm like, well, I think that I can do a group coaching thing in the future on a regular basis. But I'm one of these people that if I'm going to sell something, I have to feel like I pretty much know what I'm talking about. Now, nobody ever knows it all. We're all going to be learning at some level, no matter how many times we do something. But I figured I needed at least one dry run before I put a price tag on it. And I've been pleasantly surprised. You know, I think we've got, what, seven or eight people in that group, Michael, Mm because, you know, you're one of the people in there. I think we've got about seven or eight people. Uh, I think we had three people that were on the first call and two people who didn't make it, mainly because I didn't do a good enough job uh, telling everybody when it was going to be and reminding them to be there. Uh, And we've had a lot of, of great interaction on the private Facebook group for the, for this project. So I'm really, I'm really excited about the future of my coaching because I think what's going to happen is in addition to offering this group thing on a paid basis. And of course I'm going to have to add to it. I'm going to have to add some pre-recorded video or audio and some work, some, some sort of worksheets. You know, I get that, but I think that down the road, these uh, group coaching things, which people can take advantage of at a lot lower price investment is going to lead to some one-on-one coaching and who knows a year or two from now you i may be one of these people who uh is one of those coaches where you go i can't believe anybody's paying him that kind of money well Well, uh, ty has a really good point down here you know using these tools to add value and snippets but this will help to drive traffic to your your full product yeah, we exactly. definitely need to connect Eric because I was just getting ready to say that that was a great point, and I, I'm throwing Maxwell's link up there. But yeah, use these, use Blab, use Periscope, use social media in general to to provide some tips and and value to build that relationship with your ideal client, and then drive your traffic back to your main homepage or your main products or services that you're trying to sell. And, and Maxwell's doing a great job at the at the coaching group because you know it's 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 an opportunity for i think it's an hour every friday that we're doing it we just had our first call this past friday but to jump on there and engage with people who have some of the same goals that you have and or for accountability accountability is huge uh, because you can say you're going to do one thing but if no one's keeping you accountable for that, then then you don't necessarily have to do it and you're not stepping out of your comfort zone. So, Max, because Ty brought that up, can you tell people how they can get in contact with you? Uh, yeah, they can go to the, the blindblogger.net 
or they can uh, go to my email is just ask at the blindblogger.net. They can find me at Facebook slash uh, the blind blogger. The, the, the group, the, the Facebook group, I'm calling it uh, big dreams start or big dreams start with small steps and everybody seems to love the name. So at least I got that part right. Um, and to what he was saying about sharing some little snippets on social media every day, I've started making a priority of mine to post one small uh, tip every day. And, and I, I posted on Twitter first because that 140 character limit really helps keep me from giving out too much at one time. You know, if, if I've got 500 characters, I'm going to use 500. If I got 2000, I might use 2000. So having 140 characters makes me, you know, give them something small and actionable, but not so much that they've got no reason to, to want to follow me back to my website. So, uh, and I generally post on Twitter with the hashtag, with the hashtags. I use two hashtags. Uh, there's the, there's the air traffic controller again. Um, okay. I, I use two hashtags. Uh, the first one is small steps and the S both S's are capitalized and the other is big dreams and the B and the D are capitalized. And that way people, if they want to follow the, either of those hashtags, then they can be sure to get whatever it is I say each day. But Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Now, uh, Maxwell, I've, I've got one last question. And then uh, I got to jump off of this because I have another meeting here in about 15 minutes. Uh, most of my interviews have only been a half hour, so I'm glad to know that we reached over an hour with this one because uh, that means that, that people are engaged and they're interacting, which is awesome. But uh, Max, you've got 6,000 followers on Twitter. Is that correct? Seven. 7,000. If, if someone was just getting started on Twitter today, what would be your piece of advice for them? Uh, don't follow anybody that's famous unless you know them personally because they're not going to follow you back. And with Twitter, when you're first getting started, you have to, you have that 2000 person. If you follow more people than are following you and you get to that 2000 number, then you're going to be stuck. And trust me, that's a, that's a hard thing to get out of once you get into it. I've been there. Uh, I was at 2000 for a year before I figured out how to get out of it by unfollowing a lot of people that weren't doing me any good on Twitter. And I got down to a low enough number where the number of people following me was was uh, close to or higher than the number of people I was following. And I was able to start uh, really growing my Twitter following. Uh, best thing you can do, share other people's tweets, retweet, like, share other people's blog posts, other people's YouTube channels and YouTube videos. The more you make it about other people on Twitter, the more likely people are to follow you because people don't enjoy they may put up with me, me, me for a little while, but they don't enjoy it long term. So, uh, and also be personal. Uh, don't make it just about your business. Share your personal life, share your family if, uh, to a level that you're personally comfortable with. I'm, I'm much more open than the average person on social media. Many people have said they wish that they could be as open as I am. And I basically tell them, I'm, I just don't know any better or I would be, I would hold more back, but uh, but be personal, share stuff that's going on in your, in your actual life, uh, build the following and you can, once, once you start to generate the numbers, then later you can start mentioning stuff that's business related. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much.
very much for that. Eric, could you mention that website that you uh, threw in the yeah, chat so, for the listeners? And yeah, viewers? so I, I use Social Quant, and they use an algorithm. It, it Now it costs. It's 25 bucks a month, but um, they – you, you put in the the terms that you want. Um, for instance, I, you know, blind, visual impairment, um, adaptive sports. And, and then I've got a slew of others because I'm interested in crowdfunding and social entrepreneurism and things like that. But then they follow and go out and find the profiles that fit those. And I'll do specific hashtags and all kinds of other things. And I'm now up to, I'm getting about 60 different followers a day. Um, and they, they keep those ratios that Maxwell, you were talking about, um, very tight so that you don't fall outside of that ratio. And I've engaged with some really excellent people. Um, and in fact, I'm not so sure that it's not how I found you, Maxwell, is, is through their, their algorithm. And I'm actually using it on three different Twitter accounts that I have. Uh, I, I, I'm averaging somewhere between 25 and 50 new followers a day, which is, which I'm, I'm very happy with. I'm, I'm not going to meet. That's my, great. Oh yeah. It's, it's awesome. I'm not going to meet my target of, I don't think I'm going to meet my target of 10 of 10,000 by the end of the year. It's going to be close. I'm hoping the fact that more people are going to be home and, uh, Away from work for the holidays, I'm hoping that that might actually help me get a little closer. But uh, I'm at 7,000 going on 7,100, my goal. And, and the crazy thing is, is back in January, I was in a competition. Uh, I don't know if you call it a competition or a challenge or whatever on uh, on my blog view. And my goal was to get to, um, what was it? I think my goal was to get to was to add 500 followers by the by the by the first of April it was a 90 day challenge and obviously I've I've far exceeded that because I was at 1800 when the year started <laughs> well I, I'll, I'll tell you start start hashtagging blab or maybe uh, Michael you should come up with the hashtag blind blabbers or blind blab actually blab um, blind hashtag blab blind is what I started using okay it in a little while but yeah, yeah. In fact, I'll put that in for my phone, but I'm going to tell you, Maxwell and, and Michael, um, just by being on this, you're going to see as you, as you tweet out when you're on these um, and you do some more engagement and hashtag blind, blab blind and things like that and hashtag blab, you're going to get a lot more followers just from blab because this uh, three weeks ago, when I just started on Blab, they had a hundred thousand people on the 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 medium, and now it's ex- and it's exploding exponentially. Yeah, well, like I said, I had eighteen hundred and seventy when the year started. I'm up over seven thousand, almost seventy one hundred now. So that's uh, that's what about a four hundred percent improvement over last year because I started on January first of of two thousand and fourteen. So. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, I think well, that's a four hundred percent increase, and the year isn't over with yet. You know, this is uh, November, so I've got what about four, four or five weeks left. So we'll see. 
Yeah, you. I, I got confidence that you can do it. Hey, John uh, from LA, no problem. I'm glad that you enjoy the interviews that I do and uh, that you're getting some value out of those. Wanted to just give you a quick shout out because I did see your comment and, and I appreciate you showing your support on both Periscope and now Blab. Now that I've been on here for 104 days, I'm finally actually starting to use it. <laughs> yeah, so. well, I appreciate you challenging me to come out here and to use the medium. I am impressed with it. It does look like it's going to help me grow my social media following. And to interact, because that's one thing I really have noticed is that the more I do either uh, phone or Skype or anything else where you're actually talking to the other person instead of it being uh, all text and stuff like that, the more live interaction I have, regardless of the medium, the more energy I have and the more I seem to accomplish. So I'm definitely looking forward to doing more with Blab. Um, I'm still going to be using uh, YouTube and Podomatic primarily for my podcast, but I can definitely see me actually doing my own blab show maybe once a month or something. Well, I'll be sure and let you all know when I decide to try try it as a host for the first time. Definitely. And, and you know me, anyone who's followed me in the past, I'm all about repurposing. Uh, as I said, this blab is going to get thrown up on Maxwell's YouTube channel so he can use it how he wants. I'm going to grab the audio because thanks to blab, they, they, they do that work for me. They send me the audio in an email. So I'm going to grab that, throw it in the Your Own Pay podcast, search for Your Own Pay podcast in iTunes. I do appreciate any uh, ratings and reviews if you appreciate the content we're sharing. And uh, welcome to... WGP seventy one. I don't see your actual name. That's Walt. That's my buddy. That's your Walt. <laughs> we 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 were in a pretty radical blab last night. Um, so, well, I tell you, I, I hate I hate to do this because I'm not the host. I'm the guest. But uh, Michael does have to go. So I guess we need to do the closing. However, he closes these shows, and we can always talk again at some point. Uh, y'all are all more than welcome to. To, to send me a Skype contact or uh, or email me or whatever. We'll continue to talk, I'm sure. Definitely, Max. And I, I, I want to appreciate you for joining us today, Eric, and you've helped to move the conversation on and, and get some other questions out there that, that I hadn't asked. So thank you for joining. Uh, thanks for everyone for viewing and listening to the Your Own Pay podcast or Blab Live, whatever you want to call it. However, I'm going to end that. And uh, remember that if you're listening to the podcast, we do have the exclusive Your Own Pay podcast club that is open until Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. If you want to get more information about that, shoot a quick text message to the number 44222 with the word payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N. Once again, that's 44222 with the word payon, and that'll put you on the waiting list, and we'll get you into that club if that's something you're interested in. Uh, we appreciate you for joining us. Tune in next Wednesday, next Wednesday on Blab, and I'll be interviewing a blind beater. She does uh, artwork with uh, beads and and other crafts, and that's going to be another exciting blind Blab. Thank you.